The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Now, from our nation's capital, this is Bloomberg Sound On. Instead of infrastructure week, which is a punchline for four years under my predecessor, it's infrastructure decade. It is not a race to see how many ribbons we can cut before the end of the year. Doing this is going to require balance. Uh, we're actually out there making these improvements to bridges, roads, airports. Bloomberg Sound On. Politics, policy, and perspective. From D.C.'s top names. Ron, you talk about Joe Biden a lot, but you're running for governor. The only worn-out old donkey I'm looking to put out to pasture is Charlie Chris. Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. The infrastructure law is about to turn a year old. But is it too young to help Democrats in the midterms? Welcome to the fastest hour in politics, two weeks to Election Day, and we're joined by the man in charge of implementing that infrastructure law. Mitch Landrew, White House senior advisor, former mayor of New Orleans, will join us in a moment to talk about the punch list, the work that's already been done, and the impact it may have in November. Later, the man who could face Trump in 24 squares off in a televised debate with his Democratic challenger. We'll bring you to Florida, where Governor Ron DeSantis and Congressman Charlie Chris went at it last night. Bloomberg's Emily Wilkins joins us later with more, and we'll have analysis from our signature panel, Bloomberg Politics contributors Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano. The infrastructure bill passed almost a year ago now, right? November 5th, I have on my notes here. It was historic because so many presidents had tried and failed, but now a year later, it is unclear to a lot of people exactly what work has been done, what work has yet to be done, what projects are about to begin and what it means for the elections two weeks from today. The White House's infrastructure coordinator, Mitch Landrew, was asked about the latter with regard to the elections, the midterms on President Biden's trip last week to Pittsburgh. They're all on Air Force One. This is, of course, you know, where the bridge collapse took place a year before. Here's Mitch Landrew talking to reporters on Air Force One. I can't speak to the to the politics and the immediacy of it, but I will say this. When people are thankful for uh, good policy and good investments that impact their lives, they, they have a tendency to want to keep doing that. And that's from a man who has been traveling the country now to help dole out the money and promote the projects. And I want you to listen to him in action. This is, again, the former mayor of New Orleans. In this case, and I've seen him in action before, I don't think he's any happier than when he's actually out talking to people. He was in a neighborhood in Milwaukee last July to highlight more than $800 million from the infrastructure law in place to replace lead pipes. Listen to Mitch Landrew walking into the neighborhood. What you're looking at is a representative of the President of the United States standing in the middle of this street, in this neighborhood, and you have federal officials here, you have state officials here, you have city officials here, you have folks that are working for the entity that handles the water here, you have the neighborhoods here, you have the residents here, and then you have the men and women whose lives they're changing and whose lives are being changed by the work that's being done. This is the message that Mitch Landrew has been laying out there, and he's having a very different conversation with people about things in their own backyards than a lot of us are having on national political shows. And he's with us right now from the White House. Mr. Mayor, it's great to have you back on Bloomberg Sound On. When you hear talk about the polls and the balance of power in Washington and 
Where are the results from this administration? Do you feel like you're living on another planet? First of all, Joe, it's great to be with you, and thanks for those clips. That was a great trip to Milwaukee. You remember it was that. really heartfelt. Oh, I remember it well, but I actually remember standing outside of the house and talking to the mama and talking about her two kids and how they don't have to drink water out of lead pipes and get potential brain damage. That's the thing that gets you up in the morning and keeps your feet moving really, really quickly. So, listen, there's a midterm coming up. I mean, we're in the politics of electing people that do good things for America, which is why I think the president is going to do very well. You mentioned at the outset that many, many, many presidents have talked about mm -hmm. rebuilding America, but this president actually put points on the board, $1.2 trillion. We have 5,000 projects coming out of the ground, as you have said. I've crisscrossed America and gone to places that people, you know, don't really think about, like Lowndes County, County, Alabama, or Coatesville, Pennsylvania, or Saginaw, Michigan, where actually this, this work is hitting the ground and impacting people's immediately in real ways. I mean, if you build a water tower in a small city that helps keep the pressure where it needs to be so that the water can stay fresh, people feel that in a real way. If you rebuild a train station in the middle of a town that has gotten left behind, all of a sudden generational wealth gets built. If you mm. go into Syracuse and you take down a highway that's divided communities forever, communities come back together, and they see this president actually not just talking the talk, but walking the walk. Well, with that said, you're well aware of the politics that we're all living through right now. You're, you're obviously a lifelong politician. You talk to Democrats and Republicans every day. You know, there's a poll that came out recently. Uh, I believe it was from CBS News that found 80% of Democrats think Republicans are going to destroy the country and a similar number of Republicans think the same about Democrats. Is it right. because nobody's talking to each other? <laughs> we love we love each other. It sounds like yeah. my family at, at Thanksgiving. <laughs> but listen, well, um, and you don't want to be with my family on Thanksgiving. Every, <laughs> everybody knows that feel. But listen, let me say this. One of the great virtues of this piece of legislation is it's going to teach us how to work together again. I venture to say that most everybody in America will agree with this statement, that there's no good Democratic way, a good Republican way to fill a pothole. Just fill the damn pothole. Just let's get it done. <laughs> let's figure out a way how to rebuild America together. But this is about the president's leadership. He said that if you gave him the power, that he would actually get this done. Nobody gave him a chance of getting this done. If you told people when Joe Biden got elected president that he was going to create 10 million jobs, have the lowest unemployment rate in the last 50 years, have the lowest number of unemployment claims that have been filed since 1970, create 700,000 manufacturing jobs, they would have said you lost your mind. And if you would have told them that he was going to pass four major pieces of legislation, they would have told you to go to the doctor and get your head checked. He did all of those things. But listen, Inflation is a real problem for Americans, and by the way, for yeah. everybody in the world. There are 100 economies in the world that have significantly higher inflation rates than we do, and that's why the president's so fighting so hard to keep costs down and to lower costs for average Americans, which is what really elections are about. I can't speak specifically to the day-to-day -day elections because of my position, but I can say as a politician that, that you know people should reward good choices, and the choices that the president has made has put America in a position better than any other country to withstand this incredible pain that we're feeling from mm. inflation because of Putin's war and because of COVID. Well, you know the narrative out there right now. There's a fair chance that Democrats could lose the House. I don't need you to weigh in on that today, but 
you know, when you consider uh, the, what you just told me, this laundry list, this, this, uh, this list of, of, of accomplishments that the president has, there's been a lot of talk about a, a late pivot to the economy, Mayor, that maybe you should have been out there all summer talking about infrastructure instead of <laughs> Democrats talking about the Roe v. Wade ruling, for instance. Is, is there still a, a chance to tell your story? Well, let me say this. Since last November 15th, not only have I been out there, but cabinet secretaries have been out there. The president has been out there, members of Congress and the Senate. There have been over a thousand events. There have been, and as a matter of fact, if this wasn't important to Republicans, Mm -hmm. can somebody please explain to me why they're taking credit for it? (laughs) I mean, they voted against it. As as a speaker said, they voted no and they want the dough. And every Republican that I'm aware of who was actually against the bill is actually out there touting the fact that these monies are coming to their communities to build roads and bridges and airports. So what do they tell you when you're at events with them? Well, (laughs) they're like, again, there's no Republican or Democratic way to do it. Let's get it done. But look, there's politics and then there's politics. But at the end of the day, there's policy Mm -hmm. that transforms America and makes a better America. So this is what I'm working on is a two, three, five, seven year program to teach America, because this is what the president's vision was, how to do great things again. And history is going to record really, really well that if we do this investment appropriately, that this was a point in time when America actually got itself right and got it headed in the right direction. And it'll be because of President Biden's vision. Well, Mitch Landry, I think of you as kind of like the Democratic Santa Claus. You're the Cajun Santa Claus this year for the White House because you're the guy with you're doling out all the money here. What kind of a story can you tell voters about what they have not seen yet? There are a lot of projects in the pipeline. In fact, a lot more than you've even had a chance to begin. And I realized that was the story originally, but people have short memories. They want to know when the cranes are coming. Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for calling me Santa Claus. I love Santa Claus. (laughs) Well, what do you have in the bag? But but I'm doing a lot. We're, look, we're, we're building a team up here so that the federal government was working with state and local governments. We're actually getting money out of the door, $180 billion, and we're actually telling the story. So the story is that we're rebuilding roads and bridges and airports and ports. We're making sure that we lay down high-speed Internet so no little girl's got to sit in the back of her mama's car outside of McDonald's to find out how to do her homework or to realize her God-given talents. We're cleaning up the air and the water, and we're getting ready for a clean energy economy. And by the way, there's stuff coming out of the ground as we speak. I was in New Hampshire the other day at an intersection that's being built um, in Derry that's actually going to completely reconstruct uh, that particular area of of that particular state. Mm. And that's happening all over the country. I was in East Las Vegas the other day, Mm. giving out a $25 million check for them to recreate the road. So get this, so the kids can just safely ride their bike to and from school to church and then back across the street without getting run over because someone decided to put a highway down the right, down the middle of that community. Those are the things that are happening now, 5,000 projects and then many, many more to come. But if we get it right, if we figure out how to do it together, if we don't let politics get in the way and we invest in our future, we'll have a great future together. Well, I'm, so I, with that in mind, you get through this midterm election cycle. I wonder, Mitch Landry, are you going to stay on this job as infrastructure coordinator past the election? Well, I'll I work at the, at the president's pleasure. He can tell me to go home tomorrow. <laughs> so, so we'll see how that works. But if out. he asks you to stay, that's something you'd do. We're going to have a conversation about it. Okay. But I, again, I want to say, but I work at his pleasure, and, and that's why I'm here. And the day he tells me to get out of here, i got to go home, and I'm not going to let the door hit me on the way out. Are you taking lessons right now? Speaking of that door, it's always swinging, <laughs> Mr. Mayor, and you know that as it's well always. as anybody. Are you taking notes right now on your own run for president? No, sir, I'm not. I work for the president. He's going to run again. He's going to win again, and we're going to build a better America together. Well, I don't mean 24. I mean any time down the road. You've, you've got a story well, to tell, look, obviously. I'm a smart politician. You never say never, <laughs> but, you know, Joe, Biden, Joe Biden's my president. I love him. 
I'm thrilled that he got elected. He's doing a great job. He is a decent, kind, tough, smart person who's led America in a beautiful way, and he's going to keep doing it. And I think people are going to be surprised at how well we do in a couple weeks. Joining us live from the North Lawn of the White House, Mitch Landrieu. Thank you, the former mayor of New Orleans. Thank you, sir, for being with us. On the fastest hour in politics, we're joining you live today from World Headquarters in New York. Rick Davis is in the house. We'll have Jeannie Shanzano, our signature panel, next. Stay right here. We'll check traffic and markets after hours, too. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. Can you believe a year went by? I had to ask Rick, is it just me? It's not. A year since infrastructure. I thought that was going to change our lives. It definitely changed Mitch Landrieu's life. And arguably, actually, a lot of others. I just played for you. The cut of him talking to these people, taking lead pipes out of their houses. That's pretty real stuff, you know, when you talk about delivering. But it doesn't seem like it's going to make a difference in November. The polls are, at least if you believe them, not looking great for Democrats. We've been talking about this on a daily basis as we assemble our panel. Rick Davis is with me in studio here at World Headquarters in New York. Jeannie Shanzano joins us as well to make our signature panel. It's great to have both of you with us. Rick, uh, you saw and listened to our conversation with Mitch Landrieu. When you hear about a former mayor like that talking to people about the gritty stuff on the street, how do you project that on a national level so it makes a difference? Because... No one's talking about it right now. Yeah, I actually thought you're, you, you asked a really good question, which is, you know, how do you break this out? And he, he gave a good response saying, I've had over a thousand events, yeah, he's members of the cabinet all over the place. But you're right. It isn't punching through. Right. I mean, and so for whatever is happening, maybe they need to stage more demonstrations of, you know, here's some cranes, here's some potholes. Mm-hmm. Getting, I, I, it's not totally clear to me how you could actually better communicate the impact of a trillion dollar infrastructure bill right. that we've been waiting 25 years to get passed in the Congress that this president finally did. Uh, but um, and, and maybe that falls on the president, who probably should have taken a month to do nothing but go around to the states and say, here's what you're getting out mm-hmm. of this chunk of change. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, look, as he pointed out, president's a busy guy and he's got a lot of things going on. And but now we're in midterms and that didn't punch through. And, and Republicans, in many cases, are criticizing it or, you know, in some cases, well, I think more like they're what he's taking the money now. Taking credit what for did it. he say? Yeah. You vote no and take the dough. It's one or the other. Yeah. But that was a bipartisan achievement. Maybe that's not helping Democrats now. Yeah, I think there's some defensiveness that the Democrats can have by saying, you know, they're getting criticized for spending packages that raise inflation. But one of those yeah. spending packages is creating all these jobs and right. has the potential to transform communities like the infrastructure package. But like when when you pass seven trillion dollars worth of bills in two years, it's kind of hard to distinguish. Yeah, them. Right. If this were the only thing that happened this year, this is all we'd be talking about. Jeannie, if uh, if the Cajun Santa Claus can't get this done and I'm sticking with that, by the way, I think he accepted that uh moniker how does joe biden do it 
I think that he did a very good job, and I, I love the Cajun Santa Claus, so you should make sure you copyright that, Joe. I shall. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he did a very good job doing what Democrats should be doing, and we've heard this from uh, pollsters. We've heard it from the best in the business, people like Stan Greenberg and Patrick Gaspard and Celinda Lake. They've come out and they've said to Democrats, this is a hard argument to make, but you can't buy into this idea that we don't have a winning message on the economy and on inflation and you've got to talk about it and there's plenty to celebrate about what happened and also you need to talk about what the republicans tried to do as well i mean if you just look at some of the things that the republicans try to do they are not very popular with the american public and so you know those kinds of things can be put out there the american rescue plan had a child tax credit relief for the poor and the middle class the ira brought prices down for pharmaceuticals for health insurance and what did the republicans try to do they tried to stop it they also announced they'd reinstate trump tax cuts for wealthy and wealthy corporations these are the kinds of messages democrats have to be talking about we've started to hear it and hopefully it's not too late for democrats nancy pelosi over the weekend was talking about it they've got to say this more and you know the mayor made a very good point when he said about you know democrat uh, republicans rather voting no and wanting the dough that's exactly <laughs> the point that they have to underscore these are popular policies democrats can't shy away from them you think about what we talked about here in the long pipeline of projects, Rick. This is going to be going on for years, right? This will outlive potentially this president if there's only one term. But then again, is this really a 2024 story? Is this the story that that boomerangs back around to help Democrats in two years? Yeah, I, I would say, one, it's a little disingenuous to say vote no and, and, and take the dough. It, it was a bipartisan bill. Yeah. It would never have been signed into law. It would have not passed the House Absolutely or the right. Senate. Um, without Republican support. Uh, if it, We got to remember there were a lot of renegade Democrats on the left who were complaining about this bill. Mm -hmm. So uh, bottom line is uh, this on a localized basis is going to give benefits to politicians for a decade. I mean, if you are getting that new bridge built, if you are getting the new water purification, replacing those lead pipes, yeah. you know that's going to be where the impact is felt. As a national issue, Democrats can stick their chest out and say, hey, we passed a once in a generation infrastructure bill that rebuilt our highways, rebuilt our systems, rebuilt our power grid. And that will be a good talking point for 2024. Mm -hmm. But Republicans can also say, yeah, and I was for that too. Yeah, you couldn't have done it without me. Uh, I asked him if he was going to run for president or something along those lines because I can't help myself, Jeannie. Uh, Mitch Landrieu said that Joe Biden's going to run and he's going to win. Is that news? You know, I, I don't think it's news because I think we have to hear it from from Joe Biden yeah. um, himself. But, okay. you know, Mitch Landrieu, uh, you know, I, I think he is a viable uh, up and comer if, if Joe Biden decides he's not going to do it. But, you know, Mitch Landrieu working for him, of course, he's going to say he's going to run. And, you know, I wasn't even thinking it. 24, though, Rick. I mean, what's what's down the road for Landrieu? Yeah, I wasn't thinking of that either when you said it. But like <laughs> he took the bait right away. So it was on his mind. God, let's do that again soon. Thanks, Rick and Jeannie, our panel for the hour and of course Cajun Santa Mitch Landrew with us again on Bloomberg Sound On we're going to bring you down to Florida for one heck of a debate last night DeSantis and Chris next this is Bloomberg we've also got a debate later on we're going to talk about this Dr. Oz John Fetterman this is a big one tonight and last night it was Florida Ron DeSantis 
and Charlie Chris. Now, of course, Ron DeSantis is the man that everyone keeps talking about, right, as the alternative to Donald Trump, that he may, in fact, even run against Trump in 24, unless he's just waiting to find out. But he's running for re-election as the governor of Florida. And Charlie Crist last night really wanted to spend some time on this. And when just opened by hearing this exchange in their debate last night, starting here with Charlie Crist going after this idea of Ron DeSantis actually keeping his eyes on the White House. Listen. Ron, you talk about Joe Biden a lot. I understand. You think you're going to be running against him. I can see how you might get confused. But you're running for governor. You're running for governor. And I have a question for you. You're running for governor. Why don't you look in the eyes of the people of the state of Florida and say to them, if you're reelected, you will serve a full four-year term as governor. Yes or no? Yes or no, Ron? Will you serve a full four-year term if you're reelected governor of Florida? And the Sands just looks straight a ahead. Question. No, he's not answering the question. It's a fair question. He won't tell you. We did not agree on the candidates asking. Oh, you apparently they're not governor. asking. It's your turn. Well, listen, I know that Charlie's interested in talking about 2024 and Joe Biden, but I just want to make things very, very clear. The only worn out old donkey I'm looking to put out to pasture is Charlie Chris. Okay. Somebody was sitting on that line for a while. And by the way, the moderator was correct. They had agreed not to ask questions of each other. Of course, it doesn't matter when you're on TV. And no one can get to you. Emily Wilkins is with us, Bloomberg Government Congress reporter who's been on the trail last couple of weeks and keeping, of course, a close eye on all things midterms for us here at Bloomberg. It's great to have you with us here, Emily. Uh, quite a show last evening here, knowing well, correct, that Ron DeSantis is likely to win? He is, Joe. But look, I mean, if you're if you're going to have one debate, you may as well bring the fire for that particular one. Sure. And, and yes, I mean, it, it, Ron DeSantis is considered very likely to, to be Florida's next governor. It's interesting because Florida, you know, used to kind of have a lot of really competitive race for governor, for senator. And this year, it's just very clear. Ron DeSantis is hugely popular in Florida. Um, and he does sort of have this, this platform in which he could make a run for president in 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, polls don't show him uh, at, for beating Trump for the nomination, but they kind of say that if Trump decides not to run for some reason or something happens, you know, he would be a very likely next pick for a lot of Trump supporters out there. And he's a little bit more mainstream as well, so he could probably appeal to a broader swath. I, I think really the goal that, that Charlie Chris tried to do last night was to undercut DeSantis as much as humanly possible, mm-hmm. knowing that if he is the nominee two years from now, folks are going to more than likely be looking back on all of his past statements, including this particular debate. But I think, you know, Florida governor is not going to be one of the races that I'm watching closely when it comes to election. <laughs> That's not going to keep you up real late. Real clear poll of polls, Emily, has uh, Ron DeSantis up by 10 points. I mean, he could have fallen off the podium last night. Probably wouldn't have mattered, right? Not not really at this point. I mean, yeah, there is always the, the chance that a debate could change something, but we're seeing just less and less and less of that as time goes on to the point where we're seeing plenty of races where there are not even debates going on. Either the Republican candidate or the Democratic candidate or both have just decided that it's in their best interest to never get up on that debate stage at all. Mm-hmm. 
I want to hear uh, another back and forth uh, between Ron DeSantis and Charlie Crist. Emily, this is when the issue of abortion came up, and I'm bringing this up because the messaging is important here as Democrats have learned that this may not be the game changer. They thought it was a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, in favor, of course, of the economy and inflation and so many of the issues we talk about. Listen to this back and forth, beginning with Governor Ron DeSantis. I'm proud of the 15 weeks that we did. I know Charlie Crist opposes that, even though the baby is fully formed, has a heartbeat, can feel pain, and can suck their thumb. He also supports sex-selective abortions, which is used to discriminate against little girls. He supports dismemberment abortions, where they literally will tear the baby limb from limb. And he supports taxpayer funding of That's abortion time, all the way up until the moment of birth, and that is wrong. Congressman, you have 60 seconds. Ron, that's just not the truth, and you know it. You know it. He wouldn't answer your question. Do you want to ban abortion completely? He never got to it. He talked about Jamaica. I don't want to ban abortion. I want to make sure we keep a woman's right to choose available to the women of the state of Florida. And I want to make sure that we don't have a governor in the future who wouldn't even allow exceptions for rape or incest. It's actually kind of amazing to me, Emily, that no matter the debate, it's almost word for word on this issue. The Republican won't answer anything about exceptions. The Democrat won't talk about uh, restrictions and both accuse each other of things that aren't real. Uh, is this moving the needle at all in terms of polls? Uh, not really. I mean, there is a sense that Democrats should still continue to talk about abortion and abortion access because it is important to Democratic voters and they need to come out for the midterms. Midterms are so much about turnout, as you know, Joe. Yeah. But uh, one of the other things is that really at this point, the spotlight is the economy and inflation. And that's really one of the things that Democrats simply cannot ignore at this point in the game. And as far as how they talk about abortion, you're absolutely right. We've seen kind of Republicans and Democrats kind of pick their talking points. And it really does boil down a lot to painting the other side as an extreme. And this, of course, is because most Americans, they're not at the extremes. Most Americans either support abortion with some limits or they oppose abortion with some exceptions. And so what they're trying to do is basically show the candidates are, are too far to one side or the other in hopes of knocking off some of that support. But in, you know, in reality, if you look closely at most of these candidates and, and what they support, you find that most of them are actually in the middle of course, you know, it really does remain to be seen. A lot of Democrats who I've talked yeah. with will quickly point to Kansas. They'll point to Alaska. They'll point to that special election in New York and say, look, we have seen abortion move the needle. There's still hope out there that it yep. will. But at this point, it's just become clear that they, they can't rely on abortion alone. They have to talk about the economy and inflation. Emily Wilkins, great to spend some time with you. We'll reassemble the panel next. This is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. It's not just polling. Ron DeSantis also leading in the money race. My goodness, look at this on the terminal. Since January of 2021, the governor of Florida has raised a record $164 million. He's only booked 62 for ads. Broadcast, cable, satellite, TV, radio, and so on. According to Ad Impact, that's more than seven times 
the eight and a half million that Charlie Crist is spending. So we'll see if he actually ends up spending what is left there. He, of course, may not need it. As we reassembled our panel, Rick Davis is with us here at World Headquarters in New York. Jeannie Shanzano is here too, our signature panel on Bloomberg Sound On. Uh, I'm going to get into this issue of the migrant flights in a second here, Jeannie, but I wonder, uh, before we do, your thoughts on some of the issues we already heard about, including their performance. I'd like to hear from both you and Rick on this, because Ron DeSantis has become a meme today. There's all kinds of animations of him on Twitter and his the facial expressions. He looked uncomfortable. He had to actually look down and read that zinger line about the old donkey. I know that this isn't going to change the trajectory of the race likely, Jeannie, but how did they perform? Yeah, you know, when he was staring into the camera, not responding, when Chris was trying to ask him, you know, are you going to run for in 2024? And then he went to that donkey uh, comment. Um, It is meme-making, and that's definitely not what you want out of a debate. Um, You know, Charlie Crist came in trying to, in some way, upend the campaign. And also, I think, more importantly, um, because he doesn't have much of a shot of winning at this point, is to try to show people who this potential 24 candidate is. Hmm. And I think he did show some, you know, uh, some of the problems that, uh, you know, DeSantis had out there in trying to address some of these issues, including including his failure to say whether or not he'll serve a full term, not to mention some of the other issues they talked about. So it wasn't DeSantis's best performance. I think sometimes when you're in office, it's hard to switch back to debate mode. Hmm. But if he's going to run for president, it's good training ground for him to get back in that game. Is it safe to say that Ron DeSantis was not as prepared as his challenger last night, Rick? Yeah, well, he certainly wasn't very smooth, Uh, even, you know, aside from the sort of violations of the rules of the debate by asking direct questions. He clearly had made a previous decision not to respond. But even then, I mean, it wasn't really a relaxed, confident debate performance that you would expect from a guy with the kind of headwinds that he has. In Mm -hmm. fact, it makes people I got a couple of calls after the debate from Republican operatives who say, oh, my God, you know, there's another governor wants to run for president who's not ready. Wow. And so, you know, I think he sent a message that there's some work to be done there, uh, at least internally within a Republican Party. That being said, as Jeannie says, this is not about the the 2022 governor's race Mm. this was all about trying to take some pieces out of him by charlie christ you know for the future uh and in that regard i thought you know it was relatively effective in doing that yeah we talked about the migrant flights to martha's vineyard uh there were other flights to washington dc but the vineyard flights he really owned he had two airplanes went to texas you know the story by now. Charlie Crist, of course, is going to make a big deal out of this. And you know Ron DeSantis was ready for it. Let's start with Charlie Crist on the migrant flights. We have a problem at the border. We need to secure the border. I agree with all of that. But it doesn't mean that you use Florida taxpayers' dollars to charter two jets, go to Texas, lie to people to get them onto planes, fly them up to the northern part of our country, and, and one of them's a one-year-old baby. Another is a pregnant woman. You're willing to use people like that. In this case, they were Hispanics, Venezuelan in particular, and have them as props for your political gain. You could imagine how that would work. Now, you okay, so you have DeSantis on the ropes. I'll tell you what, he was unapologetic. Listen to the governor of Florida, knowing that he's got a good issue here that's testing well. It's only when 
They go to D.C., New York, or, of course, Martha's Vineyard. Then all of a sudden this is, you know why? Because we have elites in this country that want to impose policies on you, but they don't want to have to suffer the same consequences that you may have to in your community. What we did, it's sad that it comes to this, but what we did put this issue front and center. They're both saying very different things here, Jeannie, but it seems like Ron DeSantis owned that last night. How, how, how did you feel? You know, I, I think he was stronger in these areas when he was defending some of these, um, you know, issues that he has confronted that, quite frankly, are popular with his base. They're popular in Florida and other parts of the country with the Republican base. He did seem more sure-footed on those. I did think Charlie Crist made a really important point, and he couched it by saying there is a problem at the border, but you don't want to use human beings as props for political gain. That's an important statement that he made, but, but DeSantis had a response to it. And quite frankly, DeSantis has a point when he says this did get attention to an issue that deserves attention. But I wish Chris was able to follow up and say, what is your solution to the problem at the border beyond sending people to Martha's Vineyard? And Mm. that's not anywhere where they ever got. Well, it's interesting because Chris wants to make this about the people, right? Rick even pointed out that they were Hispanics, which felt a little bit blatant uh, in, in that line of attack last night. But DeSantis is effective in turning it around to say, no, this is about the elites who aren't honest about their positions on this. Does he win that back and forth? Yeah, well, look, first of all, the reaction was that uh, the news media and the Democratic uh, elites, if you want to call them that, really reacted negatively to that, right? Maybe if yeah. they'd have said, hey, we are sanctuary cities. Welcome. You know, we'll he, put you to yeah. work. We'll find a place to stay. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, There'd be a lot more That wasn't coming. the reaction. Uh, and even today, James Carville, you know, the one of the most successful Democratic strategists there ever been, he said, you know, that the coastal elites in our party are mm. killing us wow. because we are out of touch with the problems that occur in these cities. And one of them is immigration. Yeah. And so I think that, that there's got to be, regardless of what this election turns out, that Democrats have to get real with themselves and decide, who do, we, who do we represent? Do we represent New York City and L.A. Yeah. or everything in between? And it, it's not mutually exclusive, but in this case, the only way we get a solution to immigration is comprehensive immigration reform and only will happen if it's bipartisan. And Mm -hmm. right now we're nowhere near that opportunity. Well, Sebastian just pointed me to this great story on the terminal. DeSantis' biggest donor is budget hotel tycoon with a passion for UFOs. Does anyone know anything about Robert Bigelow, is he a friend of yours, Rick? Uh, ah, I wish he was a friend of mine. I'd get better rates <laughs> at the budget yes, hotels yes, I stay would. in. $10 million, a $10 million contribution back on July 7th. The Budget Suites of America Hotel Tycoon reached out to DeSantis' office to help deliver this. Uh, in the past, he had given small amounts, apparently, but he's going for the big one here. And they, they often, in the past at least, advanced his well-known passions, researching UFOs aliens and rick whether the human soul can outlive the body after death of course someone with that pursuit would go to florida right genie is this someone you know it's not someone i know but i too am fascinated by ufos so you know if he wants to support me i will passionately research them as well uh is this the kind of guy 10 million dollars you want to have four three two one yeah i want i want to commune with this guy if he knows something about ufos I just as soon like to know when the countdown to oblivion starts. Yeah, uh, let us know. Yeah. Uh, look, I think you know, people contribute money for all kinds of reasons. This is at least something entertaining. Here, here, the afterlife. Uh, while I still have uh, Rick and Jeannie with us, we're going to go back to the White House. 
Uh, just for one more here today, one more shot, and I mean that literally here. Joe Biden, is got, he's getting his booster shots on camera all the time now. And it's become like, you know, we don't have fireside chats. But they're like booster side chats now. If you want to get questions to Joe Biden, go to this event because it takes a long time to roll up your sleeves, sit down, say hi to the nurse, sit there, get the shot. And he's just a sitting duck up there on stage. Let's bring you into the room now because serious stuff came up today. He rolls up the sleeve. He gets the shot. Here he is. There a question. The, the, dirty the dirty bomb. Russia, as it relates to Ukraine, do you believe that this is the beginning of a false flag operation? Is Russia preparing to deploy a dirty bomb itself or a nuclear weapon? It puts the jacket on I, uh, for this answer. I spent a lot of time today talking about that. Uh, let me it's just back say, up to the podium. Back on the mic. Russia would be making an incredibly serious mistake for to use a tactical nuclear weapon. I'm not guaranteeing you that it's a false flag operation yet. Don't know. But uh, it would be a serious, serious mistake. I'm bringing this up not only to talk about Joe Biden's optics today, Rick, but also the White House has had a pretty great track record predicting what Russia is going to be doing by simply taking their word for it. They're now telegraphing that they might use a dirty bomb in Russia to try to get some sort of false flag operation going. Is this smart for the White House to keep saying it out loud? Well, I do think it prepares the American public for what could be, you know, a very important period of time. And look, this administration has done an enormously good job of using intelligence as propaganda right. and also uh, as information for both the Ukrainian military and its people and, and the rest of the world. So kudos to them for smoking these guys out and try to, try to stop bad things from happening before they happen. Uh, and so I think, he's, I think he's doing the right thing. I'm, I'm not sure I would do it you know, with a fresh shot in my arm. I mean, I, I think this is an important thing that could use a presidential address out of right. the Oval Office. Does that mean it's going to happen or not gonna happen, Jeannie? Hopefully it does not happen, and he's right to say he can't confirm or deny it, but it is certainly a possibility. And kudos to him for doing it right after a shot. I yeah, agree well, with Rick. And That's for getting tough. the shot. It reminded <laughs> me, I need to get my shot. Meet you back here tomorrow. Rick and Jeannie will be with us. This is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.